0: What's going on, 9 a.m.? How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're so glad you're joining us here this morning. Can we also give it up for all of our family that's watching online with us right now? Man, we love you guys. We hope you're doing well. We can't wait to see you back at church. But uh, I'm excited to be back. It's been about five weeks since I've been here, and so I'm excited to be back with you and to start in a brand new series this weekend called At the Core. And uh, I think it's important every once in a while that we recalibrate, we refocus, because... It's so easy in life to just get off. You know, you get going in a pattern, and before long, if you're not constantly checking the compass, if you just get a little bit off and you continue down that path, you can get so far from the intentional, the original destination that you were looking to get. And I think it's important for us at, periodically as a church to get back to some of the core values that we have as a church. In fact, we started this church uh, almost 12 years ago, and we started with a mission, and the mission has always been this. We want to make it hard for people to go to hell, By making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, so they can know, and so they can follow Jesus. That's what it's been about from day one. It's about, man, how do we get people that are far from God into an intimate and passionate relationship with him where they can experience him, where they can know him, and ultimately, the most important thing is that we would follow Jesus with everything that we have so that we can fulfill all that God has for our lives. And I believe that over the next... Uh, five weeks, we're going to be talking about some things that that are the values of our church. And I think that as a Christ follower, that as we are following Jesus should be very, very evident in our lives. It's not just something that we value as a church. It should should be personal values as Christians that we hold near and dear to our heart. And I think that we should be evaluating our lives continuously on how well are we doing in these five particular areas because they are really at the heart of being a follower of Jesus. And that is the goal for every single one of us. And so today I wanna start off with a verse out of Philippians chapter four, verse 13. It says, I can do all things through him Who gives me strength? Now, let me give you a little bit of a backstory on this verse. This verse is written by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was one of the greatest uh, Christians that ever lived, but before he was a Christian, he was somebody that was very, very far from God. In fact, he was so far from God, he actually persecuted Christians. He was killing Christians because he thought that they were they were trying to take people away from the truth of the day. He eventually has an experience with God. Like That's why it's part of our mission there. We want people to experience God. He is radically changed and transformed. In fact, his name before was Saul, and it got changed to Paul. He goes on to plant 20 to 30 churches and writes two-thirds of the New Testament. So the majority of the scriptures that we read in the New Testament are actually written by this man, and he actually writes this verse, I can do all things through him who strengthens me while he is imprisoned for his faith. Pretty dramatic, and if if he can write, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. In that situation, I think that uh, what I want us to do here this morning, kind of start off, is I want us all to read this verse out loud. Everybody that's watching at home, I want you to stare at your TV and say this verse with us on the count of three: one, two, three. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. that's going to be important. And so today, what I want to talk to you about is one of the values that I think is probably the most important value. And if we don't get this one, it's going to be really hard to get the rest of them. And that value is that I think that every Christian and every person who calls Coastal Community Church should value and want to see happen in their life is we believe that healthy people grow if you're a healthy person, then you are going to be growing in your life. And therefore, if you are growing in your life, what that means is that a growing person, they're gonna be changing. And so if you're just going through life and nothing is changing, I would submit to you that you're not growing. And if you're not growing, then you're probably not healthy because if you're not growing, you know what you're doing? You're dying. And so the goal for every single one of us in our faith, in our spiritual life, in our physical life, in our emotional life, in every aspect of our life, in our relational world, is that we would be growing and we would be developing, we'd be looking more and more like Jesus in every every single situation. And that means that we are constantly a group of people that is changing. That we're becoming and looking more and more like him on a daily basis. And so how I wanna explain this to you today is behind me, uh, there is gonna be a vehicle that pops up that is one of the most impressive vehicles on the planet. What we have behind me is a Rolls-Royce Dawn. It is a convertible Rolls-Royce. It costs over half a million dollars to purchase one of these vehicles. And uh, this vehicle has a 6.6 liter V12 engine producing 563 horsepower horsepower uh, at a a weight of about 5,000 pounds. It has an independent suspension system that'll make it so that when you're driving down the road, it's like your car is on rails and you can take any and every turn. And this car right here has so much power. It has so much potential. It is one of the like most luxurious vehicles on the planet. In fact, my birthday is coming up in November. If you are wondering what you should get me, you're watching online. There it is right there. Just kidding. But as amazing as this car is, as much potential as this car has, you see anything wrong with it? It's got a flat tire. Half a million dollar car with a flat tire. So let's just pretend for a moment that you're a mechanic. And I bring this car to you and I tell you, you know what, I've been, I've been driving this around and it's just not running very well. Like, it's pulling a little bit to the left. When I accelerate, man, it's just got like this bumpiness in the transmission. Like, I, I don't know what the problem is. And, and you walk outside and you look at this car and you go, well, I, I, I have a pretty good idea what your problem is. The problem is, is that you have a flat tire. If you'll fix your tire, you'll fix your problem. But what if I said to you, you know what, I I don't really think the problem is the tire, I think it's the color. You know what, I think if this car was not black and if it was red, then then everything would be solved. And you would say, you know what, I don't care if you paint the car orange, if you don't fix the tire, it's not going to fix the problem. Well, what if I just said, you know what? I, I still don't really get that it's the tire. You know what this car needs? This car needs a new stereo system. If this car had a new stereo system, if it had a stereo system that played MP3s to A-tracks, and when you would pull up to a light, you would have so much bass in it that it would make the light fall down from the, the, the thing, and, and then it would be awesome. You would say, listen, I don't care what kind of stereo system you put in there, and good luck finding an A-track player, but if you don't fix the tire you're not gonna fix the problem. What if I said to you, you know what? I, I, you know what, this is useless. I know what the problem is. The problem is, is that, that this car is in Florida and really where it needs to be is it needs to be in York or New Jersey or North Dakota. You, and you would say, listen, you can take it you can take it to North Carolina. You can take it anywhere you want. If you don't ever fix the tire, you're never going to fix the problem. And everybody here can see the problem with the car. And so my question for you this morning is is this, is what is your flat tire? Like, what is that thing in your life that is broken and needs to be fixed, but yet you keep ignoring it in life? What is that area of your life that needs to be changed and transformed, but yet you keep looking at every other thing, hoping that if that changes, it'll fix this? And I know some of you are in here and you're thinking right now, you're like, man, I wish my spouse was here to hear this, or I wish so-and-so was here to hear this. You wanna know what your flat tire is? It is your self-righteous attitude that you have right now. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself because we all have some flat tires. And what we do in America is, is we think, you know what, if I'll just change the paint color, then everything will be okay. We think that, man, if I just get a new outfit, if I just go and get a new hairdo, if I go and get that tattoo, then everything will change. And, And you can go and get those superficial things, but if you don't fix the problem, you know what you have? You have a new dude with a flat tire. A lot of us think, man, if I can go get the latest and greatest gadget or bag or whatever it is, and you can fi- you can grab all those things, but if you don't fix the thing that is spiritually flat in your life, then you're still going to have a problem. I hear so many people say, you know what my problem is? Is I just need a new marriage or I need a new family or I need to move from here to there because that will fix my problem. The problem with that kind of thought process is, is you take you and you move it to a different place thinking that it's going to solve all the problems the problem is, is that you're still involved and you still have a flat tire you can move locations as much as you want until you change it you've simply re- relocated it so what is your flat tire And I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're like, man, I need to walk out because I know what my flat tire is and there's no way in the world that it can ever change. And I wanna remind you what you spoke earlier. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. All things. Listen, there isn't an asterisk when God spoke that through the Apostle Paul that says, you know what, Craig, you're the exception to that. Or Jerry, you're the exception. Or, or Maria, you're the exception. No, 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 he says, man, through Christ, I can do all things. So what I wanna do is I want us to turn to Luke chapter 15. If you wanna pull up your worship God, there, we're gonna look at the story of the prodigal son. And some of you here, you've had a flat tire. In fact, you don't just have a flat tire. You got four flats and a busted out window. I know, it's bad, it's, it's bad. But here's what I know is growth happens when we start addressing the areas in our life that need to be changed. And so I want to walk you through a story about how change can take place through the story of the prodigal son. Because if you're going to grow, then you're going to have to change. And if you're going to change, number one, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to see it as necessary. You're gonna have to see it as necessary. We have got to admit that there is a flat tire and it's necessary for this tire to be fixed. Now, what's amazing about this car is that this car has so much power and so much potential. It's one of the most luxurious cars on the planet, yet one of the fastest. It can go zero to sixty in four point three seconds at over five thousand pounds. That's a that's a fast car. And as amazing as that car is, do you know that you are created from the heavenly Father with more potential and more purpose and more power than this car could ever dream of? And what God wants to do right now is he wants you to get into the nitty gritty and he wants to find the flat tire in your life so that you can actually fulfill that potential and reach the purpose that he designed you for. It's time for some of us to stop ignoring the change that needs to have place and and start going, you know what? I need to see this change as necessary if I'm going to fulfill all that God has for my life. So we're going to jump into this story, Luke chapter 15. Prodigal son, this is Jesus telling this story and and it says, and he said, there was a man who had two sons the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Now, let me stop right here because this is an interesting story. As soon as Jesus would have started telling this story, uh, every person in the crowd would have gasped because essentially what this son was saying to the father when he said, hey, I want you to divide up the property and give me what's mine, is he's basically saying to his dad, Dad, I wish you were dead. Like, I just want what you can give me. I don't want a relationship with you, which would have been a huge no no in the culture of that day. Like, basically, I wish you were dead. Give me what's mine. Continues on in verse 13 it says, Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country where he squandered his property in reckless living. So he goes off to a place where he doesn't belong. In verse 14, he says, And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need. And here's what I found. Sin will always take you farther than you want to go, cost you more than you ever want to pay, and keep you longer than you ever want to stay. And and how many of you know that there are times in life where a severe famine arises in life? Like, we're going to talk some more about that, but has anybody heard of this thing called coronavirus? Man, it just pops up out of nowhere. You're never prepared for it. You're never prepared for what's happening around you. You're never really prepared for what's about to happen to you. But a famine came. In verse 16, he says, so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. Now, let me just stop right there because to a Jewish person, this would have been the most demoralizing and dehumanizing thing that could have happened to him. Like to a Jewish person, they did not uh, associate at all with swine, which means that they did not like, like bacon. They were missing out on some things. But like to actually get thrown into the pigs would have been like the ultimate flat tire in life. Like it would have been the worst possible scenario that would happen to you. Verse 17, it says, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here With hunger, It says, he came to himself. Other versions say, when he came to his senses. And this is the phrase that pays. It says, when he he came to his senses, he said, this may be the way things are, but these are not the way things have to be. Somebody has got to change, and basically that somebody is me. And I think for some of us, you have got to realize that when something needs to change, typically it's not your circumstances, typically it's you. See, the one thing that I've realized is that people that are in horrible, horrible circumstances can never really experience change until they recognize and know that they have a problem. Like, this is my problem. That's why in, in every 12-step program, the, number, the first step of the 12 steps is you have to recognize you have a problem. Like, you have to, you have to recognize, like, this is on me. And as long as you're only like hoping your flat tire goes away or you're calling it an issue or you're praying about it. Let me just get on this for a moment because a lot of times we pray about issues instead of addressing the issues. Like if this guy would driving in this car was on the side of the road with a flat tire and you saw him on his hood just praying as you drove by, you would look at him and go, that dude is crazy. Because what he needs to be doing is he needs to go to his trunk, pop it, take out the jack, take out the tire, and start jacking that thing up, taking it off and putting it on the spare tire. And so many times we're praying to God and asking him to do things that he's already equipped us physically and emotionally and spiritually to do on our own. And we're asking, God, would you do this for me? And he's like, I've given you everything to do it. So you gotta see the change is necessary. And until you see it as necessary, you know what's gonna happen. You're not gonna do anything. Some of you are like, TJ, I I know what I need to change, but it's just not easy. Really? It wasn't easy for this guy either. He's in a foreign country. He's broke. He was desperate. But the Bible says that he came to his senses. And here's what I know: just because change is necessary doesn't mean that it's easy, that's why we need His strength in us. Nobody said it's going to be easy. said it's going to be necessary. And here's the bad news. Without Jesus, you can't really change. You can give the world a better or improved version of yourself. But true change happens when you surrender and you allow him to come in and change you and complete you in your life in the areas that are broken there. Because in Christ you have everything and with Christ everything can change. Number two, what we have to do is we have to take responsibility. We have to take responsibility. I was thinking about flat tires and the reasons people have flat tires. I think one of the reasons people have flat tires is is they flatten their own tire. They will be going through life and they'll just take out a knife and they'll just slash their own tire. Some people just have a tendency to self-sabotage anything that's starting to go good. I don't know why we do that, but we have a tendency to do that in life. Other people, uh, your tire is flat because somebody else flattened it. Like when I was growing up, I was a mischievous kid. Uh, I remember going to people's cars, unscrewing. Anybody ever do this? Unscrew the little little cap on there, put a little pebble in there and screw it back on and it will slowly deflate their tire. Anybody do that? Come on, admit it. Okay, there's a couple of us deviants in here. Of course, the guy that's running the parking team, if you have a flat tire, you know who did it. (laughs) So sometimes somebody else flattens our tire, but sometimes circumstances just flatten the tire. You're just going down the road and you run over a nail or, or something pierces your tire and all of a sudden it's flat. Doesn't matter if you flattened your own tire or somebody else flattened your tire or circumstances flattened a tire. Here's what I know about the tire. That tire is never going to change until you begin to take responsibility for your tire. Verse 18, it says, this is what the boy said. He said, "'I will arise and go to my father.'" You see what the son does here? The son does not play the blame game right here. It is so easy for us to play the blame game. It would have been easy for him to say, you know what, the reason I have a flat tire is it's my dad's fault. My dad should have never given me that inheritance. If he wouldn't have given me that inheritance, I wouldn't have spent it all on frivolous living. Or you know what, it's my mom's fault. What was she thinking allowing my dad to do that? Or it's my older brother's fault. Like I never liked him anyways. He always had it out for me. Or you know what, I've just had such a hard life. It's this world's fault. Grow up. Like if this guy would have blamed, you know what Jesus would have, this story wouldn't have made it in the Bible, but Jesus would have said there was a boy who got his inheritance, he spent it on frivolous living in a foreign country and he died. That's what the story would have been. The end, thank you, Lulu. Now here's the thing about your flat tire. You've got to take responsibility for your tire. Or you know what? It won't get fixed. And here's the deal. I realize that every single one of us in this room and everybody that's watching online right now, we all have a sad, sad story. And I'm not demeaning your story because some of you guys have been used and abused and rejected in some really, really terrible ways. And you can't control what has happened to you in life, but what you can control is your attitude moving forward. So, if somebody came along and flattened your tire. Circumstances flattened your tire. I mean, the boy in the story, he never saw a famine coming along. But a lot of us, what we do is we go, you know what? This is just the way we, I am. We make excuses for ourselves. This is, this is how, how we do it in my family. This is how we react in this moment. You know what? I'm Brazilian, so this is how I respond. Or I was raised up north, so I always have an attitude. Well, some of y'all are laughing because you know that's true. It's getting real in here. And it's really easy to go, you know what? I was born this way. You know what? We were all born sinners, We are all born jacked up and messed up. And and here's what I know is I was born with a lot of anger in my life. In fact, when I was when I was growing up, I got kicked out of kindergarten, out of public school because I was beating up all the other kids. Why? Because I was angry. By third grade, I was punching holes in the wall because I was angry about my situation and what was going on in life. My parents put me in counseling and, and they still could not solve my problem. I was just an angry child. It would have been really easy for me to blame it on my circumstances or blame it on my dad. That's how he is. And that's how my grandfather was and all of those things. The problem was is when I met Jesus, Jesus walked into my life. And he said, you may have been born that way, but that's not how you were reborn. Like you were changed and transformed at the foot of the cross. And so that may be your old life, but you've got a new life and your new life is not based on your past. It's based on what has been done on the cross. And some of us have got to stand up for ourselves and go, you know what? I'm going to take responsibility for my life because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And I know it's hard and I know it's difficult, but I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Man, this won't hold me back any longer. Somebody has got to take responsibility and I'm no longer gonna play the victim card because victims never experience victory. And some of you have been a victim for way too long it's time for you to take some responsibility so you can walk victoriously in your life because we follow a God who came to this earth and he died and he rose three days later defeating death, hell, and the grave so you would not have to spend the rest of your life being tempted and overwhelmed by those things so that you could walk in victory. You've gotta take responsibility. And number three, you gotta live obediently. If we want change to come in our life, we have got to live obediently. So what is your flat tire? For some of you right now, that that flat tire in your life is that person that you're dating, that you know you shouldn't be dating. For others of you, your flat tire in your life is that anger that keeps creeping up at the most inopportune moments in your life that you are still not addressed for others of you, it's that person that you're living with that you're not married to. Better get that junk right. See, our flat tires get real when we start putting a name to it. For others of you, it's your addiction. For others of you, it's that bitterness that's been in your heart for a very, very long time. For some of us, it's an abusive food. For others of us, it's a, that addiction to pornography. Here's what I know is that we all have something in our life that needs to change. And here's what I can't promise you. I can't promise you that if you tell Jesus what your flat tire is, that everything is gonna change instantly. Can't promise that. Because it's probably not. Can it? Yes. Will it? Not necessarily. because it's a process. I've learned this a lot through marriage. Remember, Shayla and I got into, a few years ago, a pretty heated argument, and I know that it's hard to believe that we would ever argue, but we do. And uh, during the middle of the argument, Shayla just looked at me and she just said, I need time to process. And of course, my response in that moment is, is, how long is that process gonna take? Why? Because I like change, but I like change on my time. And I'm gonna guess that you like change too just when it's on your time. I talk to husbands that have been in affairs and they they wanna see their marriage resurrected and they'll go back into that relationship and they'll be doing things for three days and they'll get frustrated that their spouse is not responding in that moment. And they're like, man, I just need to give up. I'm like, man, you were in an affair for three years. Don't you think you should at least give it six years to fix? Or how about the rest of your life? Why? Because we want it immediately. And God isn't talking about immediacy. He's talking about obediency. I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to go with it. (laughs) Verse 18, he says, I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And, that, and this is awesome because this boy, he's laying at the rock bottom place. He's in the pig pen he, and he's come to his senses. He stopped blaming everybody, his circumstances, his family. And he said, this has got to change. You know what the hardest step to take when you're trying to change is? It's the first step. Hardest step you will ever take in the process of change is the first step. I mean, I can imagine in his mind, he's going, man. I I don't know how long this is gonna take for me to get home. I don't know what it's gonna be like when I get home. I don't know how my mom is gonna respond. I don't know how my dad's gonna respond. But you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take my next step. And every time somebody tries to talk me out of doing this, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna continue to take my next step. I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know what is going to take place. But you know what I'm gonna do? Is I'm just gonna keep taking the next step. And I don't know what people are going to say or what they're going to think of me, but it doesn't matter because I'm just going to be obedient to God. And I'm going to take my next step. And somebody today, if you're going to be obedient to God, what you've got to do is you have got to take your next step. That might be getting out of your car and going, you know what? There is a flat tire. That might be going to your trunk and popping it open and getting the jack out. I don't know what it is, but we have got to be obedient to God. And listen, I don't know what the process of your story is going to look like. I don't know if it's going to take three weeks, three months, three years, 30 years. But I do know what the end will look like if you'll be obedient. Check it out in verse 20. It says, but while he was still a long way off. His father saw him. And I just want you to know here today that God is watching and is looking and he's waiting for you to take that step. Like he is, he is longing to see you make some recognition of like, man, I've got to have something changed, and I'm going to take my step. And it says, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servant, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again for he was lost and he is found. And they began to celebrate. I wanna jump back to verse 22 because I think it's so important. It says, the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. See, this boy was dirty. He's nasty, he just came out of a pig pen. He wanted change, but he couldn't change. Like, he didn't have the power to do that, but yet, the moment he started to come home, his father, you know what he did? He began to change him He brought him a new robe He put a ring on his finger He put sandals on his feet Because the boy said I will take one more step As the boy was walking home The father was running He was running He was running Towards him Not to judge him Not to condemn him, but to embrace him and help him change. But that only happens when we say, you know what? I'm tired of living this way. I want to change and I'll start to take that first step. And as you take that first step, man, God's taking so many steps towards you. If you're a follower of Jesus, God did not intend you to live with flat tires. He didn't intend for you to be unhealthy in life. His intention from the very beginning was to make you whole and complete so that you could fulfill the purpose and potential and live the destiny that God designed for you. So today, I don't know what your flat tire is. Shayla and I were talking last night. It could be discipline. It could be eating habits. It could be Bible reading. It could be committing yourself to I don't know what it is right now that's flat in your life. But I think it's important that we don't just hear a message, but we actually start to walk out a message. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Here's what I know is... Throughout this entirety of this room, there are flat tires all over the place. Maybe it's not singular. Maybe, maybe it's, 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 it's all four. I don't know what it is for you. But God, he wants you to know that you thought that that thing was impossible to change. With him, all things are possible. But it starts with you recognizing that thing and, and going, you know what, God? God? I want to see change happen. God, whatever that is that are in people's lives right now, God, I pray that today that you would give them supernatural strength to take the first step. Because I know the first step is the hardest step. And it's not going to be easy and it's going to be difficult, but God, if they'll take that step, God, that you'll come alongside them and you'll begin to strengthen them and uphold them and give them peace and give them comfort as they begin the process of change. And I don't know how long that change is going to stay or how long it's going to take, but God, I pray that you would give them the resolve to walk it out to full completion. That they would be transformed by the power of your spirit moving and working in their lives, not so they can be changed, but so they can be healthy. Maybe there's some people in here today that you're like this boy that you, you have gone off on your own way and you've never, and, and, and you had a relationship with God, but you walked away and you've gone to your own things. And you say, you know what, today, Pastor T.J., I need to come back into a relationship with God. I need to reignite that relationship. Maybe there's some people out there that you've never experienced a relationship with God that you're new to this whole idea of church. And I'm not talking about rules or religion or church membership. I'm talking about a God that is the creator of the universe that formed you and made you with purpose and potential. He wants to know you and know you intimately. He doesn't want you walking around with the flat tires life that are caused from our sin. He actually made a way where there was no way. He brought the ultimate mechanic on site. His name was Jesus and he paid the ultimate price so that you wouldn't have to live with the brokenness that you're experiencing right now. And if you need to experience that, t- today for the first time or the first time in a long time if you would just slip your hand up at the count of three we'd love to pray a simple yet significant prayer with you that will start you on this journey of following jesus and experiencing the creator of the universe if that's you if you just slip your hand up one two three go ahead and slip it up i'd love to pray with you yes sir thank you one anybody else anybody else yes sir two i see you back there thank you If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I prayed out loud, say, God, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to come to this earth and die a sinner's death, the death that I deserve for my mistakes, for my sin, for my brokenness, for my flat tires, and that he went to the grave and defeated death, hell, and the grave in the power of the enemy. So I don't have to be succumbing to that any longer, but I can actually walk in victory. God, I ask you to come into my heart, take over my life, forgive me of my past, enable me in present to live for my future with you. God, I ask you to fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience, God, so I can live for you all the days of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.